0: From Autosport.com and Autosport Magazine, I'm Mariana Bravo and this is the Autosport Podcast. It's Saturday the 17th of April and Lewis Hamilton has taken pole position in Imola. Qualifying was quite the treat with only 0.087 seconds covering the top three, highlighting just how close things are going to be this season. Whilst many were expecting it to be Lewis Hamilton and Max Verstappen to make up the front row, we all got quite the surprise when Sergio Perez pulled it out the bag to secure P2, out-qualifying Max Verstappen. And it was another weekend where Track Limits came out to play, with countless lap times being deleted, most notably a stunning lap from Lando Norris that would have taken him to P3 on the grid. I'm Arianna Bravo, and today Alex Kalanorkas, Autosports Grand Prix editor, is here to chat about today's action. Alex what an exciting session that was Lewis and Bono sounded quite surprised themselves that they had secured that pole position going into qualifying today were you expecting him to take pole?
2: I'll be honest no I don't think I was Um, and I think the surprise you could hear in both of their voices was absolutely genuine they know that they're in a real close fight with Red Bull and that it's going to be very very difficult to do all the dominating that they've done so easily over the previous years and yet you know Max Verstappen, he did have a he did have a bad Friday. Not not his fault, obviously, with the drive shaft going wrong in FP2, but it certainly disrupted things. Sergio Perez, you know, what happened in FP1, you know, that video has now come out. It was just an unfortunate thing where he clips Esteban Ocon, a consequence of the fact that the teams couldn't see what was happening in terms of timing or TV pictures. So Red Bull's really on the back foot, but yet it still has the fastest car. And I definitely think this is a qualifying that Red Bull lost rather than Mercedes won. So, yeah, yeah Lewis Hamilton was brilliant. He did an excellent job, but he himself will admit that neither of his two laps were particularly a hundred percent perfect, which is what he said he needed it to be. He said, if you you know, I asked him about this in the press conference. He says if you put the two laps together, you would have that perfect lap. But I think he still felt both of them there was time on the table, and you could see that in his second lap, he didn't improve. Both of the Red Bull drivers made significant errors, and actually, if, if Verstappen hooks everything up. He's clearly on pole ahead of Hamilton. I think I think it's um, by just over a, a tenth of a second. So yeah, another 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 time that Red Bull has, has cost themselves when they've had the the fastest car.
0: Yeah, and that's another thing that comes into play in these races that we often forget. Mercedes are just such a well-oiled machine, and to beat them, you really can't afford any errors. Even if you do have the faster car, which we which we've seen so far, you have to get everything perfect because they just rarely drop the ball. They really are on it. At the start of Q3, we saw that Max and Lewis were very close, but I don't think anyone was really expecting Sergio Perez to come out of nowhere and take that P2 spot. Where did that come from?
2: No, it's a a magnificent performance from Perez. I mean, it it is rather unexpected because as brilliant a driver as he is on the Sundays, historically all throughout his career, it's been the qualifying that's been his sort of weaker side of things. So absolutely tremendous lap in Q3. As I said, he, he you know he he holds his hands up. He says he made a mistake at the final corner, and actually, having watched it back, it's very very hard to see what he did wrong. I think he he just frankly carries that little bit too much speed into the final corners, and and that costs him momentum on the run to the line. And and it's interesting if you listen to his team radio, he's absolutely livid with himself after <laughs> after when he finds out that he's missed pole position and. I I actually think that's really good because this isn't a driver who's going to go oh great I beat Max Verstappen I, I put the Red Bull second which is you know which is where it should be he's annoyed that he didn't get the absolute maximum I mean that's really important for Red Bull so yeah I mean it, it was a it was a great lap it still had an error in it which is sort of a confusing situation you're sort of saying oh it's good but it was also bad but considering that it was so unexpected and coming a race after where he was knocked out in Q2 I think you just got to say well done well done to Perez
0: do you think that Max was also taken a bit by surprise with that? What do you think he'll make of the fact that he's been out-qualified? It's a rare occurrence in that Red Bull team.
2: Yeah, it is. It's an interesting new dynamic uh, there. It happened so early on. I, think, I, I honestly don't think anybody um, really expected Perez to be able to beat Verstappen in any second race. But at the same time, I think Max can really look back on this. Um, or as a, as a missed opportunity, which is which is which will be difficult because he 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 rightly should be beating himself up for not getting pole position today. But at the same time, I think he he'll know in the back of his mind, look, I, I had Perez really, you know, when, when push came to shove. Because even sort, we're looking at you look, look at the data of the uh, the ideal qualifying laps. All of them have done their absolute best sectors and best performances. For Stappen is still ahead of Perez. So that sort of late error that Perez makes, you know, he can't he can't hang on that too much. So yeah, it's a it's a weird one. He, he must he, he must be pleased as well that the other Red Bull car is up with him because he's not yes. had that since Daniel Ricciardo left. So yeah, it's it's probably annoying that he's that, that that the Mercedes is still ahead, but at least there's 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 a positive element to having Perez with him at the front of the grid.
0: There definitely is, because as we all know, that is what Red Bull have been after since Ricardo moved on. And they really have been needing that second driver to help them when it comes to strategy as well. So they're probably quite pleased today, even though they're not on pole, they still have both the cars up there. But Mercedes, that wasn't really the case. We saw a bit of a bad day for Bottas. He was struggling today in qualifying. What was going on there with him? And what was it that was throwing him off?
2: Yeah, he seems to just lack confidence with the rear of the car, which which is understandable. We know that that is the problem with the W12. That's that's the big issue it has compared to its predecessor. And it just seems that on the day, Hamilton was able to overcome that or, or, or not feeling that so much. And generally, I think, you know, he he, he didn't seem overly happy he's not it's the you know going back to Lewis Hamilton this is you know he's not he's not saying you know we're back we're back to where we were with the w11, yeah. w11 last year I think he's quite he's quite um he's quite acknowledging the fact that it's sort of track specific that Mercedes are going to struggle more at different tracks I think Bahrain it, it's showing now really was an outlier I mean okay yeah fine there's only two races we have to have a few more a few more samples before we can be <laughs> totally sure but but it does it does add up in terms of what they were saying about you know the track surface there so yeah I guess I guess Bottas just just missing out on on what Uh, ever Hamilton um, was able to extract and he just he just didn't seem at home didn't seem happy all throughout his laps in Q3. Yeah
0: it was a bit of a disappointing day for Bottas and I'm sure that he's going to be having good look back over all of the data today so that he can hopefully improve tomorrow but moving down a little bit going into qualifying we were expecting strong performances from the Alfa Tauris and Ferraris but it was a bit of a two-sided story for both the teams in qualifying. So we had Charles Leclerc and Pierre Gasly again putting in really impressive performances and they'll be starting P4 and P5 tomorrow respectively. But their teammates didn't have such great days. Of course, Yuki Tsunoda crashed out in Q1 and the car was quite heavily damaged as well. Meanwhile, Carlos Sainz didn't even make it out of Q2 and he'll start P11 tomorrow. So let's delve into this a bit further. Firstly, what went wrong with Carlos? What, what happened there with him not even making it into Q3
2: well yeah it just seems that maybe he was caught out a little bit with, uh, with the track improving and it just didn't go his way in terms of that, that Q2 session because there was no attempt by the Ferrari drivers to try and get through on the medium tyres or anything like that and he just yeah. he just came up short and I think that you know okay it's only been two races but this is kind of what people were expecting would happen when he went up against Leclerc in that Carlos Sainz Jr is an exceptionally good Formula 1 driver but he's just not that he has he's that shade sort of slower particularly over one lap compared to, to the real top guys of which one of his team of which his teammate is one um, so yeah i think that yeah just that that really tight midfield not hooking it up I and mean, it's not quite going his way as, as the track improved at the end of Q2, because it was really, really noticeable. I'm sure we'll come on to talk about George Russell. You know, he he thought he could get through on the mediums, and the team sort of fairly adamant that that wouldn't have been possible just because of the way the track was improving with every lap. So I think science is getting a bit caught out there. And then at, at AlphaTauri, I mean, it's hard to know whether Pierre Gasly should be happy or sad finishing finishing <laughs> fifth and not beating Leclerc to fourth because it's still a great result, but. That car has been exceptional, as we saw here last year. It's 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 right at the front of the midfield in this race, and and also add in McLaren. You know they they really improved overnight compared to what we saw in practice, and it's almost the reverse of Bahrain. They went from looking brilliant in practice to not quite as good in qualifying, and then Yale yeah, came together for Norris in the race. So yeah, it's, it's a it's a fascinating battle, by the way. It's swinging up and down in the midfield, but back at Ferrari, Charles Leclerc again, it's just it's just brilliant. You know that car is not the class of the midfield Mm -hmm. it's not a class A squad again but he's still putting it exactly the best that he can do and that's fourth place
0: yeah the midfield is so close I've spoken about this with John as well it's so close that the tiniest of things can really just drop you back in terms of where you end up in qualifying i think that's what we definitely saw today with carlos signs but as we mentioned Charles and pierre were looking good today Charles Leclerc is just bringing absolutely everything out of that ferrari that it has um how do you think those two are going to fare tomorrow though because as you said the Alpha is quite strong on this track and pierre gasly also brings everything he can out of the car what do you think will happen between those two when we get into the race
2: yeah it's going to be interesting they're both uh, both on the soft tires as are the mclarens behind them and then you've got bottas in eighth place on the mediums and that's that is the better race tire it's the better race strategy but it doesn't appear to be According to what the teams are now saying, what Pirelli is sort of suggesting, that the, that the way the new tyres are with this sort of high grip track surface is that there's going to be fairly little degradation. So they're not at a massive disadvantage starting on the softs, which is, which is the same for, for Perez. And actually, just, just quickly on Perez, I think, um, I think Red Bull played an absolute blinder in, in not putting him on the mediums because that's what cost him in Bahrain. They needed to get... The second car up there against the mercedes and they ensured that and i think that both the driver and the team were fairly adamant that was the right way to do so that's a really good call mm. you know a brave call putting him on what is technically the weaker strategy for red bull but at least it gives them options but yeah in terms of uh, leclerc and Gasly, yeah they've got a We've got to avoid doing what Gasly did in Bahrain and and, and ruining their good positions early on in the race. And um, they're both pretty feisty. I'll be shocked if Leclerc takes it easy because he's not been doing that lately on the first laps. <laughs> Nailed it in uh, in in Bahrain against Bottas. But um, but yeah, the the fact that it's so hard to overtake, I don't think Bottas can easily recover to the top three as he would have been able to. So yeah, I think if they can get through the first lap madness, just the way the imminent track is, there's no reason to assume that they would they would fall down the order. So that's why I think. McLaren Norris in particular is probably going to be kicking himself a little bit after after losing his final lap in Q3
0: and we of course have to talk about Lando Norris and that final lap he put in such a good drive there and I think we were all double taking as we saw the purple sectors coming up on the screen but the time was deleted and he has to start seventh on the grid He was obviously gutted about it, but it's clear that there have been improvements in the car and whatever was happening was working with him today. What did you make of the McLaren today, both Lando with that performance that he put in and also Daniel's performance?
2: Yes, it's really interesting what's going on at McLaren um, on Norris yeah you're right when those first two sectors lit up as purple you know you heard the commentators going, going crazy on the world feed you know I was I was thinking yeah I, I, I don't think he's going to get pole, but this is still absolutely magnificent yeah. and yeah he's just going to shade wide at Piratella at, at, at turn 9 and that, that is the real crucial corner that you've got to avoid uh, going wide because the other one turn 15 where people were losing time it was mainly sort of technical track limits it was they'd, they'd make making errors and sliding off and, and that was costing them time anyway so yeah that's the one the FIA is really really hot on and he just he admits it himself that, that he messed it up or effed it up I believe was that was his exact <laughs> uh, exact phrase um yeah so so, so hard luck for, for Lando and, and he's paid the price for that because he's, he's undone what would, would have been a brilliant qualifying position but I'm really, really interested in how well Norris is going because he's up against Daniel Ricciardo, who is one of the best drivers in Formula 1, who is very, very, very fast in qualifying. And so far, he seems to have his number. Now, it came out after yeah. the Bahrain race that that, that that Ricciardo, the team, said he had some damage on his car and that explained the, the pace difference to, to Norris. But it's interesting how quickly these themes. Can develop and how much you know how a story can 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 get out of control reasonably quickly and uh, you know Ricardo doesn't strike me as the sort of character that will will go to bed uh, thinking about what people's perceptions of him are because he just seems to be sort of a you know a carefree you know decent decent guy but 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 it is building that Norris seems to have his number at the moment and I'm not sure people expected that I mean it's difficult of course it's difficult going into a new team that Ricardos doing but this it, it, not only I don't think it shows a weakness in Ricardo I think it shows how good. Norris is. I mean, we've known that he's very highly rated for a while, but this is a big test for him to have to have Daniel Ricciardo go up against him. And uh, and so far, I mean, yeah, a small error cost him, uh, cost him the, the grid spot against his teammate, but he's still performing very very quickly, and I think that's really important for him.
0: Yeah, he's definitely holding his own, and it is reflecting very very well for him. Further down the pack, Fernando Alonso, who will be starting P15, having been out-qualified by teammate for the first time since Malaysia 2017, as Esteban Ocon finished up ninth fastest. Now, Fernando will also be starting behind both George Russell and Nicholas Latifi, as it was quite a good day for Williams, with both cars getting into Q2. Talk to us a bit more about what happened at Williams and what went well for them today
2: yeah it's really interesting watching watching Williams today yeah, both cars out of Q2 for the first time since Hungary last year a second time in his career that Nicholas Latifi has made it uh, into, into Q2 so it was a, a really really good day overall but what was what I found particularly fascinating about the sort of the, 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 the fortunes of the Williams drivers today was, was listening to George Russell after practice yesterday where he was <laughs> e- effusive he was very very positive about how well his teammate was driving and that's a that's a very rare thing in Formula 1 you almost wonder whether now, I'm sure he was being genuine. But, you know, you know, it's, it's just interesting <laughs> to hear him heaping some praise. Maybe he was using that as his own motivation. You never know in terms of how it was going to go better. But it didn't seem to be working, despite the fact that Latifi went off uh, and had that, that crash in FP3. I think the team were, were really impressed by the fact that he came back to the pits, was straight back on it and straight back on the pace. And they said that, you know, he'd been really, really strong since word go in FP1 on Friday. And they, they seem to sort of seem to hint or suggest that maybe that, that put Russell off a little bit, just that, oh, hang on a minute, this is a bit different, what's going on? And he he sort of chipped away at his weekend and got better and better and better, whereas Latifi sort of seemed to start off at a higher level, but maybe, you know, in the end, didn't improve enough. And I think that, that bore out in qualifying. Um, but it didn't look at first as if Russell was going to have his teammates number like he normally does, because he only just scraped through at the end of Q1. It was a, it was a great lap there. Um and then yeah, Latifi just just didn't seem to just didn't seem to make that that extra step. As we said, the track evolution was a big factor in Q two. Um, uh, Russell, as I said earlier, wanted to thought he might have another go on the mediums because that the, they sent that they sent those guys out on the mediums more 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 to get a sighter than to to think of it as uh, uh, using it in Q three and starting on it as the front runners were. But basically, I think um, I think Russell, yeah, just 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 absolutely nailed it. Lived up to his Mr. Saturday tag and, and Latifi, you know, not, not quite enough, but nevertheless, a brilliant performance. And as you say, Ariana, both of them ahead of Fernando Alonso, which I'm sure will, will jar, as will being qualified, out qualified yes. by Esteban Ocon. And, you know, he's come out and said, you know, he's, 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 he's sort of a lack of trust in what the, the car is at the moment. And that, that's a bit damning if you're Alpine. You know, mm. that's, what, that's, that's, that's not what you want your big, famous, famously outspoken star to be saying. But, yeah. Yeah, a disappointing day for for Alonso. That's the only real takeaway.
0: Yeah, disappointing. I think he will not be looking back at today very happy. Uh, but at least some of the other drivers will be, as we said, good day for Williams. And it's it's nice because it's not often a good day for them with the car. So well done to both of those drivers. I also want to touch on Aston Martin. So Lance Stroll starting P10 tomorrow, while Sebastian Vettel will be P13. Something still isn't quite right for Sebastian, is it? it I don't know whether it's a confidence thing, which... It seems that that is what he's saying. Or is there anything in particular that you're maybe seeing him struggle with on track? Or is it just a case of adjusting to the new team, adjusting to the new car, finding his confidence again? What do you reckon?
2: Yeah, I think it's a combination of all of that. I mean, there's no doubt that changing the team is going to be disruptive. But he just doesn't seem to still, he still seems to be lacking what, you know, he enjoyed previously at Ferrari and Red Bull. He's just not quite as as happy. And it does translate into, into what you can see from the car. He doesn't seem to have that. That confidence, but yeah, it's 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 very tricky with with Vettel, and to be fair to Lance Stroll as well, because that car simply isn't as good as it was last year with the way that the rule changes have impacted. And I think that you know the the team is exceptionally outspoken about the the rule changes now, having seen just how much it's hurt them. Which is you? you just, one can sort of see their point, but at the, at the end of the day, it's also like, well, why didn't you raise this these objections at the time? Sort of things. So it's a very, very strange, very delicate political situation. That I'm sure will we'll rumble on, particularly when you've got an owner as wealthy and influential and, and 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 keen to succeed as Lawrence Stroll. So no wonder the team are complaining when it's not going so well. And I think it's just a combination of all of that. That means that the the big sort of big signing, the big move to get Vettel, just isn't paying off right now. But nevertheless, you know, it's 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 gone better than than Bahrain. Okay, it couldn't have gone much worse than than that weekend. But at least he's sort of making progress, uh, making progress forwards. But yeah, he just he just he just seems to be a weird one. They, they were doing sort of contra things, you know, running at different parts in in Q3, and that doesn't always or it's, it's quite rare that that really works out for for anyone. But um, but you know, fair play to Lance Stroll for getting through to Q3. I thought that was a, a good performance from him.
0: Track position is important here. We have Lewis Hamilton on pole position, but he's joined on the front row by Sergio Perez, who's on the soft tyres, and he has Max Verstappen behind him. How do you see things unfolding at the front of the grid?
2: Well, so um, first of all, we have to wonder if it will stay dry, because there's a big chance that at least a significant shower could... Could drop on on the track, and I think all the teams are, are are aware of that. That could that I mean that could change it all up. Who knows what's going to happen then? I think um, sort of Mercedes find themselves in, in a in a rare position of actually thinking, oh, actually no, we want we want rain, even though we're on pole position, because you know that's just the team's mindset. They need something because they know they're 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 going up against a faster car. But that's obviously you know when it comes to Formula One, if people are hoping for rain or expecting it to rain, it just it just won't. So my my assumption <laughs> is is always to assume that it will it will start dry. And at the same time, I think that, that still lends itself to a fascinating race. I don't think it will be an overtaking fest. I don't think it will be particularly action-packed. Although I thought the last similar race was was reasonably interesting on that front. OK, but it was because of circumstances, it was because of cars dropping out, the safety cars, things like that. Um, but yeah, in terms of strategy at the front of the grid in a dry race, it's going to be really, really interesting purely because of Perez starting on the softer tyre and the fact that Verstappen has a faster car compared to Hamilton. So. Yeah. It's really interesting. Pirelli, is, Pirelli has already highlighted this in that Hamilton and Verstappen are on the slower starting tyre and that we know that will give them you know, a disadvantage off the line, but they're on the grippier side of the grid. Because it's the way that you know it's a, it's a reasonably un, unused circuit in terms of Formula One terms for Imola, so that it sort of it sort of balances it out. But you would still expect Perez to get a good launch. We saw Hamilton didn't have an easy start here last year. That's really what cost him. Okay, he won the race in the end because circumstances came to him, but he nevertheless, you know, he, he lost the position off the line. So Red Bull will be hoping that Perez can get ahead into Turn One, and if he can, it really is game on. I don't I don't see how Red Bull would lose that race if he's ahead at the first corner. Which car wins in terms of Perez and Verstappen? I don't know at this point, but you know that they, they are really are in a commanding position. And I think Hamilton is aware of that because Perez is on the softs, and Verstappen has faster car, as I say, and the mediums as well. He knows. He's already said it, It's going. Like they've got more strategy cards to play. So the onus is now on Mercedes to find the best strategy. We found that in in Bahrain when they were going on the attack, the undercut worked very well, and we think the undercut is going to be pretty powerful here as well. So. Yeah, I think Red Bull have really got to attack this. Don't assume that they can just pass Hamilton because they've got a faster package. It's going very hard to pass in any case. So it's going to be really, really, really interesting. Yeah, turn one, turn one, certainly very key. But also, if it boils down to it, what happens if... You know, the first stint, Hamilton leads away. Perez is on softs so and he's sort of holding up Verstappen. I think we could hear some, some we could hear some feisty radio messages uh, quite early mm, on, particularly if that point. means Hamilton's getting away. But then Perez is the master of uh, of, of the tire management, as as is Hamilton. So yeah, I'm, I'm really interested to see how this shakes out. No matter what happens tomorrow
0: i'm super excited as well to see how it unfolds actually specifically at the front of the grid um so yes i can't wait i'm counting down thank you for joining me to chat today and i will be back tomorrow with our extended post-race analysis to discuss everything that goes down and please drop me a message on instagram twitter at ariana bravo f1 and let me know how you think tomorrow will unfold On Autosport Plus right now, Alex Kalinorkas writes about what Mercedes must do to keep its F1 title challenge on track. Adam Cooper on why Ferrari's significant step isn't enough for Leclerc. And David Mousher asks if Penske can redress the balance in IndyCar's Battle of the Titans. And if you didn't already know, new subscribers who sign up today can use the promo code PODCAST during checkout to save 50% off of their first payment. Go to ordersport.com forward slash plus and click sign in at the top of the page and then use promo code podcast for 50% off. Thank you very much for tuning in and we'll be back after tomorrow's race.
1: The world is waiting, waiting for new thinking, for bold ideas that embrace a globally connected community, working together to create a better future for all. And that future, it can be found here at UC Riverside. Bold hearts, brilliant minds. Sports Social Podcast Network.
0: With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere.
1: Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to, has anyone seen the bride and groom?